tell somebody. This is the best thing I've ever seen. That. Let's talk about that. Let's you talk need about this. that. Listen to this. Memorable and exciting. Well, then be less boring. I'm going to tell everyone. Wait here. Quite a remarkable big daddy. Remarkable. Remarkable. Welcome to Remarkable, a podcast for B2B marketers that deconstructs the most iconic moments in film, television, pop culture, and advertising for a single purpose, to give you, the B2B marketer, the same storytelling techniques that the pros use. In each episode, you will learn techniques from Hollywood, Pixar, Marvel, and beyond, from Spielberg's hands to yours, bringing remarkable content ideas to you every single week. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios. This is Remarkable. This week, we're talking about B2B marketing lessons from Ted Lasso and how to use surprise and delight in your marketing. This is a bit of news from the other side of the Atlantic. AFC Richmond announced the hiring of their new manager, American football coach Ted Lasso. You're an American who's now in charge of a football club despite possessing very little knowledge of the game. I know that AFC Richmond is going to give you everything they got, win or lose. Or tie. Right, y'all do ties here. I started watching it, and I will admit that I honestly, like, don't know if I've ever seen, like, a nicer character in another, like, show that's been this popular. Or maybe I'm just not remembering properly, but... His character is like, for sure, 100% so wholesome. That is Annika Das, B2B content marketing manager here at Caspian Studios. I binged the first two seasons about a year ago, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. That is Colin Stamps, our podcast launch manager here at Caspian Studios, and our marketing aficionado. It just is so heartwarming. I don't know that I've ever seen a more lovely character than Ted Lasso. That is Meredith O'Neill, our amazing producer extraordinaire for this show and many other shows at Caspian Studios. Yeah, I felt the same way. I have an almost two-year-old now, and he was a newborn when it came out. And so we would sit and uh, watch Ted Lasso together, but also we would watch soccer games at 4.30 in the morning when he was awake. And so it, I, it's very nostalgic for me and it was like in and around the time when I was starting Caspian and just seeing how Ted was as like a leader and all that stuff was so inspiring to me. And it's fake, right? Like This isn't real. He's not a real person. But he sure feels real. And especially now that I've studied the show more, listening to Jason Sudeikis uh, and Brendan Hunt like creating this character and what Jason put into creating this character. It's not Jason, but he has put a part of himself into the character that is super real. He went through a bunch of stuff publicly, uh, well, privately, and then now it's public about him going through his divorce and stuff like that. And it's just a special, it's a special show. And it's a perfect thing to talk about when it relates to marketing, because if we could create something as fractionally good as Ted Lasso, we would do it in a heartbeat. And today we're going to talk about using surprise and delight in your marketing. This is actually something that most people talk about when they talk about product, those little moments of 
uh, when you create any type of product or experience, whether it's like a B2B technology or whether it's, you know, you bought a new pair of Lululemon shorts or whether it's, you know, you, you, op- you buy a, a, an iPhone. It's those little moments of surprise and delight that make that product experience that much richer. And I think when we think about it from a marketing perspective, it's how do you create moments of surprise and delight in your marketing? And then how do you highlight the moments of surprise and delight with your product so that it can be out there in front of your customers more? And I think Ted Lasso is the perfect example of how content can surprise and delight you in this new world that we live in, this highly hybrid digital world where the show is so popular and talked about. There's social media pieces, there's inside the content, there's external to the content, there's how they talk about creating the show. And we'll get into all of that stuff here in a second. Meredith, zooming out. What the heck is Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso is a comedy series about this unwaveringly positive and wholesome American football coach. Knock-a-doodle-doo. Ah, good morning, Coach Lasso. He's played by Jason Sudeikis, and he gets hired to coach a British soccer team, this fictional team called AFC Richmond. And it plays off the phrase, which Ted Lasso says, football is football no matter where you play it. And they're obviously two very different sports, place to place. The series has run for two seasons. They aired in 2021 and 2022, and it's been renewed for a third upcoming season. It also stars Brendan Hunt as Coach Beard and Hannah Waddingham as Rebecca Walton. It's an Apple TV Plus show, and it's won 11 Emmys. It actually got seven in its first season with 20 nominations overall, and it's the most any comedy series has ever won in its first season. For me, success is not about the wins and losses. It's about helping these young fellas be the best versions of themselves on and off the field. Oh, one other thing that we should we should talk about before this. Ted Lasso is the child of marketing. So for all the marketers out there listening that want to create great content, this character was created by a marketing team. Like obviously Jason Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt were the brainchild behind it. But the reason why it was made in the first place was for an ad for NBC to promote the upcoming Premier League season. And they made this four minute, you know, silly, funny video with the idea of is football is football to get American fans more interested in the Premier League, which is going to be on NBC and to sort of poke fun at imagine a, a football coach going in and being a soccer coach. This was created by marketers, and then it eventually took on a new life. And to me, the first part of surprise and delight of Ted Lasso is that you can create something in marketing that is so simple and elegant in its premise, a soccer coach or an American football coach taking over a Premier League team, right? It's a classic fish out of water story, right? And just take that, make a tiny short, And from there, expand upon every single facet of what would happen if this really did happen. Why would it happen? Why would this person go? Who would hire them? I hired you because I wanted this team to lose. 
what would their approach be? What would their management style? What would be happening in that person's life in which they would go and do that thing? What kind of person would they be? How would the fans react? How would the players react? All of those things was started because a bunch of marketers were like, how the heck are we going to promote soccer in America? And like, to me, that stuff is always super inspiring and exciting. And, uh, and I love that because we wouldn't have Ted Lasso if it wasn't for NBC trying to figure out how to get people to, to watch soccer. It's incredible, right? And it goes to show that that team at NBC, who knows how much they paid Jason and Brendan Hunt to do that. And that video has been viewed 19 million times on YouTube. And it created this super mega smash hit show that we all love. Football is life. So Meredith, how does Ted Lasso use surprise and delight? I mean, we've talked about how positive he is through all of the adversity he faces coming into the UK football scene. I'm sorry, Nate, I have a real tricky time hearing folks that don't believe in themselves, so I'm gonna ask you real quick again. Do you think this idea will work? And so everything's stacked against him, but he really just boils everything down to basic humanity. Like he treats everyone like they can contribute ideas, like including Nate, the team manager, so I thought if we started the attack on the wing, Jamie could run through near side. Then when the defense follows, Sam could fill his spot. So use Jamie as a decoy? No. <laughs> no. Well, yeah. In, yeah, in this case, yes. He also has these, like, foundational beliefs that you want to stay in the present. And so he tells one of his players who's kind of, like, beating himself up, like, you know, be a goldfish. You know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. Got a 10 second memory. Be a goldfish, Sam. So he's just like telling people, don't dwell on the past, don't dwell on your mistakes. Like keep moving forward, keep being present. He does everything through these little gestures, right? So he gives these little plastic army men that he got from his son to people who need a little bit of support. I thought maybe it could be like a symbol of resilience. And then he's constantly gifting Rebecca, the owner of the team, these shortbread cookies. Where did you get these? I'm glad you like them. But it's really a gesture of like wanting to spend time with her to get to know her, to build this relationship. And so for him, it's like all about building relationships, all about supporting people from the ground up. And even with these like small gestures, like he fixes the water pressure in the locker room. Um, he throws a birthday party for that one player who's really struggling, um, shows them that they matter. He has all of these beliefs of like, everyone matters. Let me show people that they have value and that their ideas matter and that we're going to just keep moving forward and, you know, hopefully find success. So through these little gestures, I think just supports them from the ground up. Yeah. So Ted as a character, he believes in surprise and delight. Like it is one of the core philosophies that he has. You can see everything he does is about surprising and delighting the people around him by learning things about them and then exceeding expectations. Hey, dog, you haven't been fired. It's worse. You've been promoted. And then the showrunners use all of his surprise and delight tactics to surprise and delight you as the audience. We see him give Rebecca the biscuits every day for I don't know how many episodes. I brought you a little something. Oh, yeah, cookies. <laughs> or as y'all call them here, biscuits, right? And she wants to not like them. She wants to not like Ted. And, you know, she loves the, loves the biscuits. She starts looking forward to them every day. And then the showrunners 
show us that Ted is the one actually making them. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's so good. They get in a big fight and he's like, damn it, I, I perfected the recipe and he gives it to her. And like, those are the sort of things where it just shows so much craft in like delighting us as the audience where you're like, oh my, of course he was the one making them because that's who it is. And those are the sort of things that you just feel such a connection to this person because of the way that he views the world. Do you believe in ghosts, Ted? Mm, I do. But more importantly, I think they need to believe in themselves. And he's teaching you how he views the world, but also he's showing it constantly with these little uh, surprise and delight moments. Another moment of surprise and delight that he always does is all these ridiculous phrases and like pop culture references. Come on, Sam was more open than the jar of peanut butter on my kitchen counter. And it just keeps you on your toes because he always says this ridiculous stuff and you hear it in passing you know, like it's so ridiculous. And then when it's even more ridiculous where you wouldn't even understand it, him and Brendan Hunt or Coach Beard have these moments where they expand upon the jokes. Oh, that's right. Y'all don't know I like to keep the peanut butter open. That way, whenever I walk by, I can just stick my finger in it. And then you see other characters start picking up on this. And it's just another thing that, again, it's just always such a delight to hear him rip off these one-liners. Yesterday, I had someone reach out on LinkedIn and in their... Subject head said, be curious, not judgmental. Like these are things that he is teaching us how to be better people in the show. And you always sit there and you think you're like, yeah, I should be more curious, not judgmental. It's like, those are the things that just really help you fall in love with him. But also he is coaching us. And I think that that's one of the coolest parts of the show is he is coaching the audience constantly not just the players on the team and like that part you feel thankful and it's a, it's a bizarre thing to actually be coached while you're watching a tv show i think that's why i liked it so much is because yeah it was obviously entertaining and funny but at the same time i was learning which was unusual for when i you know at the end of the day sit down and watch some content i don't always expect to be there like learning taking notes mentally about the lessons that he's talking about. So that was just a super unique aspect of the show. Yeah, it's how I felt as well. There are so many moments that when you rewatch, you're like, oh my gosh. The way that Coach Beard and him meet for their morning walk and they bring each other coffee. And you're just like, God, that's so good. If we see each other in our dreams, let's goof around a little bit, pretend like we don't know each other. You got it, stranger. And it just makes you think, you're like, man, I could probably do that. I could probably bring someone. I know they like coffee. I could do that for somebody. There's all those things that, that you think about and you want to be a better person. Switching gears to marketing. It also makes us want to be a better marketer. Now, it's insanely hard to try to build a character like Ted Lasso, right? Like this is something that I think is not really, it doesn't feel attainable for us in that way. But there are so many things that he does, these surprise and delight moments that I think we can put into our marketing. What do y'all think are some, some good marketing takeaways for Ted Lasso and surprise and delight? I think something from Ted Lasso is like you mentioned, Ian, just like these simple acts of kindness that we're watching as like audience members and you think to yourself, oh, that's like really sweet. Would love if someone brought me a coffee in the morning. How do you take your tea? 
Well, usually I take it right back to the counter because someone's made a horrible mistake. Or like, I could totally do that. Or I could like be more positive and like amp up my team at work or like just be more friendly to my neighbors or whatever. So I think it's like speaks to the point that everyone loves random acts of kindness. And I think when it comes to marketing, it's sort of like the same thing. Like if a brand is able to show that they understand the wants and needs of their customers, they can sort of gain that customer loyalty. And that's where surprise and delights come in. Like if they execute a surprise and delight idea really well, customers are definitely more likely to be brand advocates and stick with the brand, especially on social media. So like using surprise and delights can help increase brand awareness, but also companies can use it as a retention strategy. And I feel like you see a lot of companies do surprise and delights at events with gifts and um, like physical things like swag, branded t-shirts, mugs, pens, like all of that. Well, thank you. But I think there's like a more unique approach to it that you see more companies doing now. And that's using the power of like social listening to really understand where their customers are, what they're super interested in, what they're listening to, what they're watching, like what trends they're really into that are not related to the company at all. It's literally just like, what are your customers into? And like, how can you sort of play into that to show that you're listening and that you understand your audience and show that you care and want to do something that makes them feel good about whatever they're passionate about. And like one thing that I was thinking about is how Qualtrics sort of did this at one event. They did like a couple of years ago, I think in 2019 before the pandemic. And they basically asked conference attendees to like tweet them a wish that they promised that they would deliver in real time. You spoke to God? So someone tweeted like a pillow, a dog, a margarita. Are you drunk? Lots of Popeyes. Like we want all of this to like come to life in the conference. Another team member said they would love a pair of like Nikes or sneakers so they can get out of their heels. And an hour after she tweeted it, like, Qualtrics delivered her Nikes so she could change out of her heels. They were like actively listening on social and interacting with people, the conference attendees that were like tweeting sort of what they wanted. They also brought out a puppy on stage because a lot of people had tweeted that they would love to have like puppies at the conference. So just little things like that, that ended up gaining a lot of social traction, definitely helped increase their brand awareness and just general sentiment overall. So I think brands can do a lot of that at events and even pop-up events by just relying on your audience's emotions, building that connection, whether it's at a physical event or a virtual event, doing like these different digital surprises, helping customers celebrate a milestone. Like if a customer tweets that it's their birthday or their anniversary at work and it's a customer that uses your product or service pretty often just sending them a bouquet of flowers or like a celebration gift something just like personal that's completely unexpected I think shows your customers that you are like actively listening and trying to find creative ways to just engage and entertain I love the social listening piece. I think it's so true. I have two sort of examples from that. 
One is, this is timely soccer reference. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Uh, one of the soccer accounts, the Team USA's goalie, Matt Turner, there's a little kid who's, he's his biggest fan and he's not good at writing. And so he like wrote and rewrote and rewrote a letter to Matt Turner like over and over and over again because he wanted to like ask him for a jersey or whatever. But like a fan account retweeted it, tagged Matt Turner. Matt Turner immediately responds like, yeah, I'll get him a jersey. Like, let me get the contact info. That's the sort of stuff that brands could so easily do. Get the credentials to the big accounts. Alley-oop stuff that is cool that's out there in the world that y'all care about. And like, that is such low-hanging fruit. And the way that they do that at Ted Lasso is that Ted Lasso's account has 761,000 followers on Twitter. The bio says, father, coach of AFC Richmond. I have a tricky time hearing folks that don't believe in themselves. And one of the things that they did, which is a surprise and delight thing, was a little while ago, and I forget whose account it was. It might have been Brendan Hines. They did a video, and in the background on the whiteboard had all these plot lines from Ted Lasso and like on like sticky notes. And one of them was like Ted dies question mark. And it was like in, in like season three, whatever. And it was all totally fake Easter eggs. Like none of the plot lines, like they were all ridiculous plot lines that wouldn't happen. And it's like those little things that show that the creators understand the world. They understand fan service, little things that they do, but also it connects to the real world and it connects to them them posting they did a bunch of posts when the men's soccer team was in the world cup they did all these uh billboards where it was written like a handwritten note from ted lasso about all the different players that they put on billboards in the players hometowns super cool they also made ted lasso in the most recent fifa video game so you could actually see that ea sports i'm in the game did I sound like the guy? Yeah, you sounded like the guy, Ted. And uh, Ted Lasso tweeted about that. He, again, not a real person, but uh, <laughs> but but you feel like he's real. They did like a spoof video earlier this year about when they rolled out their regrettable St. Patrick's Day kits. Again, all of these things are just surprise and delight tactics where they use social media to engage with fans, to create additional content for fans, but also to, you know, to alley things that are happening in the real world and blending the fake world and, and reality. And like that stuff is accessible to marketers. Like we can do stuff like that. And like alley things that people care about or funny things or all of that and use that in a more meaningful, impactful way. It's really just becoming a little bit more human and thoughtful about your audience and realizing that everyone doesn't want to be sold to 24-7. And I, I think surprising and delighting your audience, even for like a B2B audience, it can be as easy as, all right, today we're not going to post like promotional stuff on LinkedIn. We're going to just send out like a, a nice, have a great day post. Like it's something as simple as that, just to show that like there's people behind the brand and they're acknowledging their audience as people as well. I mean, personally, I'm subscribed to some, they're more B2B brands. I'm subscribed to their like text messaging updates. I'm looking at one right now. Like I got a text from a brand the other day and it literally just said, you're more capable and more amazing than you even think. Enjoy today. We are blessed. And I, I got that text from that brand and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Put me in a good mood. So like just the little things um, can really go a long way. A couple of different things came to mind with this. Uh, one being that like 
I feel like the overarching thing that I learned from Ted Lasso about surprise and delight is it doesn't have to be a big gesture, right? It can be the smallest thing. The one example that came to mind was in Asana. The first time I used Asana and completed a task, it sends this like dancing weird cartoon across the screen and it happens so fast and it's so goofy. Like for a tool that is like pretty straightforward, I mean, it can be a totally dry experience, right? To have this funny little thing pop out and just be like, you completed something, you know, like congratulations. It was just like made me laugh and it was such a small thing. But on the other hand, I was thinking of other gestures that other companies do. And one thing that came to mind was one of my friends gets dog food from Chewy and she ended up having to put her dog down and had an unopened bag of food and emailed them and just said, you know, can I return this? And they asked why. And she told them and they said, we're going to refund you for the bag of food please donate it to a shelter. And she was like, wow, that's amazing. And then flowers showed up at her door and it was from Chewy and it was handwritten note, you know, we're sorry about your loss. And it was like, that to me was like above and beyond. And this brand didn't have to do any of that, you know? That's so sweet. One that I'll mention is uh, I recently bought some custom t-shirts on Custom Ink. And uh, I've been a Custom Ink customer for i mean like literally a decade and it didn't come in the wrong color but it definitely came in a color that i did not want and the website just doesn't look the same for this color it was more of a heather gray to be honest and i and i want that like more of a a nice a nice light gray and so i emailed custom ink and i'm like hey you know it just doesn't super look like this you know, I like showed it to my wife. I'm like, this doesn't really look like this. Anyways, they got back to me right away. They're like, hey, super sorry. Here are the options. You can have 30% off of this and you can keep it. Or you can, we can send you a version of a slightly darker gray shirt to see if that's what you like. And then we can fulfill the return and, and return it at no charge. And the thing I love about that, it's cool that they're fixing a mistake that you could say is part on them, but maybe more on me. But probably 50-50 blame there, but that they came so quickly with two options of like, here are both really good options. One, we can, you know, fix it all, but with an added layer of like, I we really want to get it right. And then the other piece is like, hey, you can just have a discount and keep that stuff so you don't have to deal with the headache. And all of that is cool and all of that is sort of built into their product. But it made me think like, how many times do you have those things for your product? These really good breaking case of emergency scenario planning that we never actually put into our marketing. Like that would be a killer ad campaign for custom ink is like the moment where you open up the shirt. Yeah. You, know, you imagine you can paint the ad, you know, the picture in your head of like, you know, the person sitting there at 2am crafting this on Canva, you know, doing the designs. Not that I was doing that. Uh, crafting it, getting the final design, sharing it with their friends, getting all excited, looking at the mocks, like, hey, this is the t-shirts we're going to get. And then opening and it shows up and the color doesn't quite match. And you're not furious. You're just like, no, this isn't exactly what I wanted. And you're like, oh, don't worry. Custom Ink has a solution for this. Here are your two options. But we never market that stuff. And because it's such a small use case, but like that shows 
that they will go above and beyond. And that's where if you can market your surprise and delight sort of things that you do, then you can show people how much you care. Okay, I think we got to talk about the dart scene because it's maybe the greatest scene in TV history as an all-time surprise and delight moment. Ted sitting down with this true, I mean, truly, truly despicable person who, by the way, used to play uh, a good guy on uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Shout out to Giles, the actor who played that for all you Buffy heads. So he's so awful and Ted is such a good guy and he's trying to protect our girl and he gets himself into deep water seemingly and him doing the the Inigo Montoya, oh, I actually am not right-handed, I'm left-handed. Barbecue sauce. And like you would have known this stuff if you had asked. And giving his sort of backstory is just truly sensational storytelling. And that level of subversion for the listener is another thing that you can add into your marketing to say like, oh, I didn't really give you the whole story. And to surprise and delight people with that type of storytelling is so cool and fun and interesting. And it's so rarely done. It's so, so rarely done. And literally just taking a playbook out of The Princess Bride. Oh, we should do that as an episode. But uh, taking a playbook out of out of Princess Bride of like, I'm actually uh, not left-handed, I'm right-handed. And doing that same thing with the dart scene is just like incredible. And at the end of that, you're just like, man, I should not be as judgmental as I am. And I should be asking more questions. And like, that is a great lesson for marketers. If you are asking more questions, because if they were curious, they would ask questions. Then you're going to get those second and third and fourth level things about people that can make all the difference. Questions like, have you played a lot of darts, Ted? <laughs> Which I would have answered, yes, sir. Oh, uh, Colin, you get, share the one, uh, the Gary Vee thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm subscribed to Gary Vaynerchuk's text message list like the text alerts and uh one day a couple years ago i randomly got a bouquet of flowers in my door and it was from gary and there was a handwritten note from him pretty much just saying like you're awesome have a great day i love you you know some gary v stuff you know i think that if you care about someone and you got a little love in your heart there ain't nothing you can't get through together you know what i'm saying and uh, it was so random. I, I don't know Gary, and I had no reason of getting those. But um, then he said that he just sent them out to a couple people who were subscribed just because uh, he was feeling like it. And it was awesome. I mean, it made my day. I told every single person I knew that it happened. So um, that was a great surprise and delight moment for me. Very memorable. I love that. So awesome. All right, I think we, uh, I think we did it. I, I believe and believe. I, uh, I think we, we, we crushed uh, Ted Lasso's surprise and delight. Any final thoughts, anyone? All right, thanks all for listening, and uh, be curious, not judgmental. You listen to me, Coach Lasso. You are not going anywhere because we have work to do. Well, that's it for today. I hope you got some good ideas for your B two B content. 
Thank you for listening to Remarkable. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios. Remarkable is created by the team at Caspian Studios, B2B podcast as a service. Caspian also creates fiction series for B2B companies. So if you want a business thriller, you can learn more at caspianstudios.com. Hollywood style storytelling for B2B. And in today's episode, you heard from myself, Ian Faison, Colin Stamps, our podcast launch manager, Anika Das, B2B content marketing manager, and Meredith O'Neill, senior producer here at Caspian Studios. Remarkable was produced this week by Meredith O'Neill, mixed by Scott Goodrich, and our theme song is Solomon by Falak. Be remarkable and rise above the noise.